What's up, amigos? It's Chris Lewitt here. Episode 53 of the Prodigy Maker Show. Bad Tennis Lessons Show. I thought it'd be a funny show. And I thought fans of the show would appreciate discussion about what's a bad tennis lesson like and how do you avoid taking a bad tennis lesson or getting your kids stuck in bad tennis lessons. But guys, it's been a couple weeks. I'm trying to produce a show once or twice a month right now. We're on a pandemic schedule and then we'll try to, you know, we'll be trying to ramp up the show soon in terms of production and and uh, also technology. So stay tuned for that. But it's been busy time here in Vermont uh, and down in New York. We're getting ready for our summer camp. I have a lot of players who are visiting in the next couple of weeks, starting early. Camp starts June 21st, and we run for six weeks until the end of July. But I have players starting to visit May 31st, uh, so the summer's going to start early for me. We'll have players here all of June, early June, from all over the country. Small groups and then a little bit larger groups in the, the summer camp. But the summer camp large for us is maybe 30, 30 players max. You know, that's the max that I want to take because I want to get to know every player. I thought later in the show we might talk about what makes a bad camp. And that would be one of the factors is how many players are in the camp and what is the ratio. So I try to keep our camp numbers fairly small so that I can get to know everyone and every player is like a project that I'm taking I'm taking charge of you know I'm planning uh, goals and the training for every player who's who comes I think that's important if the camp gets too big and I feel like I can't uh, I, it feels overwhelming to me if I have too many players coming to camp and I don't really know each player personally and I don't know what their goals are and I don't get to work with each player. It doesn't feel right to me. So that's a good way to run a high-performance camp. Probably not the best way to make the maximum money because the camps that are making bank are really loading up on players, you know, hundreds of players. There are summer camps that do some serious business so maybe I'm not the best business person, but at least I'm staying true to what I like to do, and that's train every player who comes here and, and spend personal time with every player who comes here. So that's a little different. The weather here in Vermont right now is unbelievable. Incredible weather. It's been, uh, last week was uh, 60s and sunny. This week is 70s, going up to 80 and sunny. It's incredible uh, it's paradise here everything's blooming and you know you can go swimming in the lakes and rivers I like to do cold swimming as an athlete so I don't mind the chilly water but I mean it's it's uh, it's incredible incredible time to be in Vermont I've never been up here this is my first year staying here full full time and I haven't been up here that much in the spring but you know everyone talks about the summer but Spring is just gorgeous. Anyway, guys, let's talk about bad tennis lessons. And I wanted to break up the show into a couple couple parts. I was thinking about how to structure the show, what I wanted to talk about. And in a lot of a lot of the show I don't pre-plan. A lot of the show is extemporaneous and just my thoughts, you know, I'm just riffing or rapping. I'm, it's like a jazz 
jazz performance, but I do some. I do like to, you know, think about just basic uh, things that spring to mind and get a basic outline for for different shows. Some 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 shows have a little more planning than others, but let's see where this show goes. I'm not sure how it's gonna, where it's gonna end up, but I I, I did want to talk about ten and under, red, orange, green, and I know that's a common area of debate for tennis parents and tennis coaches and the tennis community and there's just a lot of really bad tennis lessons in red orange green and in 10 and under maybe that's the subject of an entire show but let's drill down into it a little bit so what i see with kids in 10 and under programs oh my gosh okay the first thing if you take your kids to a program, you sign them up for tennis, right? They're young, like four, five, six, whatever. Really, I really don't like lessons, tennis lessons that do a bunch of basically gym skills, like things you would learn in PE class in school. And I know there's not enough PE in school, but I don't like paying for a tennis lesson. And let's say the lesson's 45 minutes and my kid is spending 20 25 minutes not even touching a racket you know doing some ball skills some tossing any kind of you know agility on the core you know i don't want to say they're stupid but they're kind of stupid little games that you know those are things that should be done parents should do those things with their kids that should be done in school pe that should be done in other sports settings for young children, like the backyard or uh, community recreational classes and things. If I want to pay for a tennis lesson, I want to bring my kid and I want them using a racket right away. So I think if you're looking for you know, the good and bad in, in young kids' classes, 10 and under classes, sometimes they're called U10, and all the classes typically in the U.S. now are red, orange, green, you want to see right off the bat that your kid is holding a racket, swinging the racket, and learning good technique. You know, tennis is a game of technique. I feel if a kid is spending a lot of time uh, tossing the ball around, running some lines, doing some little stupid agility games, that's not a productive use of the tennis time. You can get a player better a lot faster, put the racket in their hand, tossing the ball if you're going to use a red ball or an orange ball okay i mean that's a separate debate whether you think that's better or not quote unquote better for junior development but the kids should be hitting balls and i think you get better when you hit balls so and this could be extrapolated into other areas too if you see you know, maybe we'll touch on it later if you see a group class and the kids aren't hitting balls for two hours or one hour and a half that's a problem so holding the racket and hitting balls for the uh, a maximum amount of time, you can do it mathematically. How many swings is your kid getting? And are they being taught good form at a young age? And I think that that is what makes a good lesson. If, if, there's, uh, if the kids aren't holding the racket and they're not swinging, by the way, if they're not swinging hard, I think young children should be taught to swing hard. Bad tennis lesson. Kids are just kind of, swinging very softly tapping the ball not really developing their muscles their muscular system you know I, I, uh, 
I think that's a big mistake. So that's a bad 10 and under red, orange, green lesson. And I see it all the time, different club settings, introductory lessons. And I feel over a couple of years, what a lost opportunity for those children. You know, they're, they're doing some basic agility, hand-eye stuff, but they're not learning tennis. And their rate of tennis development is really slow because they're, the lesson is truncated. The lesson is shortened. Uh, so I wish that if you sign up for a tennis lesson or if you, if you are a parent or if you're a coach listening, put the racket in the kid's hand, toss him balls, rally with them, get them to swing as many times as you can within the allotted time frame. So you get as many swings in as you can. And that's how a kid's going to get better. They're not going to get better by tossing the ball back and forth. You know, Johnny and Sarah tossing the ball and learn how to catch the ball. That's got to be done somewhere else. I'm not saying it doesn't have to be done, but it has to be done somewhere else. Okay. Talking about young kids and 10 and under. Guys, if you're tuning in live, I see some people joining and, and, joining and leaving. Just let me know if you have any questions about bad tennis lessons or what makes a good tennis lesson and I'll try to touch on that but I'm just gonna wrap here or riff uh, I'm thinking about the 10 and under court okay biggest thing if, if you go to a tennis lesson how do you know it's a bad lesson right away There's no movement there's no footwork and the kids aren't breaking a sweat the kids aren't or adults there's no physical, I don't want to say punishment, infliction, uh, stress, pressure, movement, footwork, learning how to track the ball, move and get into position, recovery. Uh, it goes hand in hand with uh, a physical workout because whenever you work on footwork, it has to be physical. So right away, you know it's a bad tennis lesson if it's not physical, if your kid or yourself, you're, you're not moving, except for, you know, very situational, very specific circumstances, like you, you need to just refine a movement and a stroke, so you do it stationary, but pretty much players should be learning how to move because tennis is such a game of movement and footwork and balance and all that good stuff, posture and positioning. If you see a tennis lesson that doesn't have movement training, footwork training, footwork technique, your kid's not learning how to coordinate their feet or yourself. You know, if I say kids, you guys know what I mean. It could be adult too. You know, I work with kids most of the time. That's a bad tennis lesson. If your kids, as I said before, if the kids aren't learning to swing fast and really print some speed on the ball, within reason you know not obviously not slapping at the ball but if but you want the children to develop their core their obliques their their abdominals their shoulders their 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 arm the muscles the muscular system you want that trained right so that's the biggest sign of a bad lesson for young children under 10. No movement, no footwork, no really hitting the ball, more just tapping the ball, hitting too smoothly. 
smooth is okay, but smooth, there has to be, you, you should think like a physical trainer, that children should be developing their muscular system, muscles, you know, the and the neuromuscular system, and sending uh, a quick signal to the muscles uh, to fire with some explosiveness, obviously within reason for the child's age and size and physical you know physical development but uh, too often I see bad bad tennis lessons the kids are standing around they're not learning any footwork they're not learning movement skills they're not learning how to coordinate their feet very stationary type lessons they're not physical lessons so the kids not getting any sort of cardiovascular workout a young kids tennis lesson should be cardiovascular cardiopulmonary should have a cardiopulmonary effect you know the kids should be breathing hard should be working should be sweating too often young children's lessons are not a workout and so over time the kid doesn't get in better shape you know those are every hour you have that lesson is an opportunity to get that kid into shape that's how I see it what else and ten and under, red, orange, green, bad tennis lesson. You see a kid who's physically strong or large for their, so for their age, good size for their age, playing with too soft a ball. And this connects to footwork. The soft ball is good for kids who have n not a lot of ability. But the better kids, the most talented kids, can always play with the fast ball, a faster ball. So whether that's an orange or green ball for a very young child or a yellow ball for a um, slightly older 10 and under child. I mean, most kids by 7 or 8, if they're talented, they can play with a yellow ball, in, in my experience. And I've been doing this a long time, junior development. So a bad tennis lesson is definitely holding a kid back, using a softer ball, a slower ball, which doesn't challenge the kid sometimes I joke that I would if they made a faster ball than yellow I would maybe use that for young kids because it would get speed up their nervous system it would speed up their um, their reactions and it would speed up their improve their footwork and movement but I think the opposite is what you hear of most from most tennis coaches most clubs they will say want the best for your child to hold them back in, in red or in a wait another six months or this or that. Meanwhile, the kids learn how to move. They're not learning how to coordinate their feet. And usually with a softer ball, if they're stuck on a small court, and that, the dimensions of the court matter too. If the court is too small for the kid's size and power, again, this goes back to the, the child. It's not going to be accelerating the child is not going to be hitting the ball hard and using their their muscular system their uh, the way they you would like them to to maximize to optimize their muscular development and neuromuscular development so in other words the course too small the kids gonna start tapping the ball things like that so is that enough for ten and under should we talk a little more about red, orange, green, or ten in my car here. My daughter is at gymnastics, so I'm trying to do this podcast 
remotely and I apologize for any ex any excess noise from the car here uh, if it's extraneous if it's bothering you guys okay so watch out for those pitfalls if you're a parent if you're a, a player yourself I had a nice dude came and trained with me last week from Nantucket and he was telling me about the lessons that he'd been taking as an adult you know he wants to get more serious about the game and I helped him a lot with his technique he visited the Academy here in Vermont and he's been spending a lot of money on lessons that I would classify as very bad tennis lessons and he was telling me how he has sort of got locked into the typical club lesson. I'll, I'll tell you what the typical club lesson is so you can try to avoid it, whether you're a parent, whether you're a player, you're looking out for your kid. Typical club tennis lesson. I'm not the first to point this out, but it's bad. You show up, you warm up a little bit, you get good high quality repetitions, and that speeds up the, the motor learning. That, that allows the, the mind to learn. And so when you have a lesson that sort of jumps around, the coach shifts too much, shifts to uh, lots of different... Hey guys. Hey, I'm sorry. We, we have a... I hope we didn't get disconnected there. So if, if, you're, if the lesson shifts around too much, it's going to be really problematic and the learning is going to be really slow for yourself, for your kid. and progress is going to be slowed down. It's a very bad tennis lesson. Another sign that you see a lot in a typical club lesson is the coach brings out that big 350 ball cart and starts doing drills with that thing. Usually it's that's a very bad lesson because yeah you're hitting a lot of balls. I mean it's not usually realistic. I'm not opposed to drilling but you get that big cart. The coach is on the other side usually feeding it with the racket. So there's a big distance between the coach and the player, disconnect. And you hit all those balls, right? And then there's like a 10-minute pickup where the coach, you know, I don't want to say a lot of coaches, you know, check their phone, check their messages or things like that. Or That's another one. If you're taking a lesson and your coach checks his phone during the lesson, unless it's an emergency or something, Especially like in between the drills, like like he coach says, okay, let's we're gonna drain this 350 ball cart, and then I'm gonna take a five minute uh, check my messages break while you pick up. That is a surefire bad lesson, and there's a lot of wasted time in that lesson. Basically, when you roll out that big cart, yeah, you're hitting a lot of balls, but then there's also the the cleanup time, the pickup time, which takes you know five or ten minutes, and then if you do that two or three times, the lesson's over. You you lost. I don't know how much time, 10, 15, 20 minutes out of the full hour. I mean, you do the math. A lot of making, a lot of what a good tennis lesson is, is, is using as much of the 60 minutes to get better as possible. And, and bad coaches, they give a bad lesson is usually somehow squandering, in different ways, squandering the, the time that's allotted, whether it's an hour, 60 minutes, or hour and a half. So you, you got to watch out for this. 
Coaches who like the bad tennis lesson. Now I'm riffing a little bit, guys. This is good. Coaches who like to talk too much. Bad. Why? Because of the principle I said before. If coach is talking all the time, it's the, the player's not doing good quality repetition. And I firmly believe that's, that's what makes a kid better. You need to have reflection. So there has to be some talking, obviously. But you need to have a lot of good quality repetition. And unfortunately, some coaches, there's a, there's a certain type of coach that is, is always talking. And they just, whether they, they, they don't know it. But they're hindering their players' development because they like to talk. Whether they like to talk about everyday stuff, like just shooting the breeze, or whether they think they know a lot about technique or tactics and they want to like share every piece of knowledge that they have with the player. Usually coaches who take too much time during the lesson to talk are stifling, hindering, slowing down their players' development. And some of the best coaches I've worked with, they speak, but but they don't speak too much. They find the important thing. They they find the important things that need to be shared, and then they they don't talk too much. Now it, it can be more nuanced because some players maybe like to shoot the breeze a little more. Some players are a little more chatty. Uh, with some kids with their personality, you got to talk to them a little more. But just in general. Bad tennis lesson if the coach is talking on it. Bad tennis lesson if the coach brings out that monster cart and starts feeding the balls. Usually bad tennis lesson. Bad tennis lesson if the coach checking the phone. Some coaches are like checking their stocks, doing their portfolio rebalancing while they're feeding balls. You know, I've seen it all. Run. Please don't send your kid to a guy who whips out his phone and starts checking the phone during the lesson. Come on, you should know better, parents. You're paying pretty good money for that. Bad tennis lesson if the, there's too much pickup time, you know. This reminds me of an article that I wrote, great article. Maybe I can attach it to this podcast and show about what makes a great tennis lesson. I wrote it for US, I believe it was USPTA magazine, Advantage, published a few, year, a few years ago. It was really good talk about how to make your tennis lessons better. As it was from a coaching perspective. This shows more about, you know, from a parent or if you're a, someone taking lessons, like a player. Funny. Bad tennis lessons, man. It's not a bad tennis lesson. Usually, I got some good comments here, too. Uh, Caroline says, hey, Caroline, how are you? It's good to see you. This is my... Caroline's boys, we're trying to get Caroline's boys to come live at the academy from Caroline, are you from, is it from Kenya or Kenya, I think, they're from, I believe they're from Kenya, or is it Nigeria, I'm sorry, I forgot, uh, but we're trying to get her boys over here, talented boys, but they probably getting a lot of bad tennis lessons over there, not from you, Caroline, but from other coaches who don't know better. Caroline's asking whether a yellow ball can cause injuries with smaller kids. And I think that is generally a myth. 
and especially I can tell you from my experience, yellow ball, it doesn't cause injury. More likely to cause injury is using a very oversized racket, um, like a racket that's much too heavy. Not not so much the length, because usually kids will kind of choke up on it a little bit. Probably, uh, I would definitely shy away from using too heavy a racket. Uh, yellow ball, I, I think, can almost never cause injury unless the coach is a complete idiot, and or or the parent doing the coaching, and they they let the they don't teach the kid how to move their feet and adjust to the ball. And, uh, yeah, if you're letting a kid hit a lot of balls way out of their strike zone above their head with a yellow ball could potentially cause injury but what good coach would let a kid do that uh, good coaches are always demanding that the players move their feet and get into good position and that can be with any any color ball and that gets me back to one of the first initial points what is a bad tennis lesson no footwork and movement focus that is a bad tennis lesson what is a bad tennis lesson the players really smooth tapping the ball let's add on to that was a bad tennis lesson outdated technique coaches who are teaching the game from the 1960s and 70s and 80s they're teaching that style to young children or to adults I have some motivated adults who come to me and what a shame they spent the last three years paying for tennis lessons and they've been taught strokes from 1975 great job coaches out there because adults cannot learn the modern game, apparently. That's not true. So, all of these things. Uh, guys, make a quick list. There's too many. I'm going to lose track here. But you get the idea. Uh, not all the time. Like it's always drill. It's probably a bad tennis lesson. I know that some coaches are not players and they, they need to drill with the basket. I like to use the basket uh, or the bucket, the Spanish way. I like my buckets. But I think if it's only drills, it gets a little stale and probably your kid's not progressing as as fast as they could if it was more like a mix like a, a healthy balance of hitting and drills in a lesson depends it can depend on the situation it, it can also depend on the player some players like to drill they're not that it's not if the lesson is only drills and your coach can't hit like he's not a good player if it's only hitting every week, no technical instruction, probably bad tennis lesson. Unless it's just sparring or something. You know, there should probably be a healthy balance, and it depends on the player, it depends on the stage of development, what the kid is working on, and what the adult is working on. But if it's too much of just, if it's all live ball or it's all drills, that's not a good sign. Probably a bad tennis lesson. Remember, a bad tennis lesson is, means 
your player or yourself, you're not improving optimally. You you're, might be getting a little bit better, but not as fast as you could. I think the best coaching, a good tennis lesson, gets someone better faster. What's up, amigo? Getting some waves and hellos here. Good to see you. Sorry we haven't been publishing the show that, that much. It's been, hey, you know, it's a pandemic. But at least we're going episode 53, you know, slow and steady wins the race when things get, you know, things are starting to get a little bit better back to normal. When things are, you know, getting better, we're going to ramp up the show even more and uh, I think increase the production quality too, get some new cameras and, and microphones and, and, you know, I may, I may hire a full-time technology person to help me right now. This is just me and my car sharing some knowledge with you guys but bad tennis lesson so sometimes coaches are only tactical like they're really proud of it like I don't teach technique I don't do that okay well that's good unless you need some technical help so that could be a bad tennis lesson not always some coaches are really proud that they're technicians they only do technique. No, we don't play. We don't do we do tactics. That's bullshit. You know, tactics. We don't do tactics. We don't do that kind of stuff. That's probably bad tennis lesson. Be careful. Depends on what you what you need or what your kid needs. If you if you need a lot of technical work and the coach is very very technical, it's going to be good for a while. But at some point, it's going to hold you back. If the coach is not able to have a, a mix, you know, to offer a mix. You know, it's great when a coach has range, when a coach can work on technique, but also take a step back, bigger picture, develop the game style, develop the tactical patterns, that kind of thing. It's both. So if you're stuck with one particular type of coach or another, it's probably a bad tennis lesson. If your coach is out of shape, I don't want to say all, always a bad tennis lesson, but there's something, it's probably bad. I think good coaches, they're role models, they maintain their condition, they set a good physical example for the player, it means they stay in shape basically, then that means they can hit with the player. If a, player, if a coach has got a big pot belly, clear that they don't take care of themselves, there are probably some exceptions to that, but in general probably going to be a bad tennis lesson.